Tigers on Cage. Shoot his goal! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. of Tigers Uncaged, powered by our friends at South Country Co-op. My name is Jesse. He's Lance. How you doing, buddy? Ah, uh, good, for the most part. I think that that sound that you make, the ah, <laughs> uh, is the feeling that the majority of Tiger fans yeah. are dealing with right now. A little frustrated to be a, a Tiger fan right now. Yeah, and... And it's not for a lack of effort from the Tigers' part. I, I mean, they're 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 trying. You see that there's effort. You can also see there's a mental roadblock the size of I don't know, like a really big tower, mm. the CN Tower. Right. It's trying to come up with an analogy. There's a really big roadblock mentally in front of this team right now that that I think most Tigers fans you see uh, when you're, you're at Co-op Place or if you're watching and streaming the games on CHL TV, whatever it may be, uh, you, you notice it. So. It's it's difficult, and I think there's, with it, some some tough questions that need to be asked every now and then, right? And we will dissect those questions. We will dissect the last three games. Our own Scott Roblin, the interim play-by-play, he's going to join us. Uh, very curious to talk about, you know, you know, that game on Tuesday night against Regina. I think that you look at a 6-2 score, it wasn't a 6-2 game. And I no. think we're going to dive into that. We'll also dive into a little Connor Bedard talk. Is this kid for real? Is the hype around him legit? Or is he a flash in the pan? We're going to talk about that. And a familiar face going to join the podcast. Yeah, on a, on a brighter note, we go back into the history books a little bit with former Tigers captain James Hamlin. Ah, let's go. Got him on finally. Uh, he's in Bakersfield in the AHL with the Edmonton Oilers system. And uh, we've been set, trying to set this up for weeks. And he's been busy. Uh, had some games that got canceled because of what's going on in BC right now, and he had a little bit of free time earlier in the week, so we were able to catch up with him. I can't wait to talk to him. That man has had so many obstacles that he's had to uh, overcome to have the career that he's in right now. So we're going to talk to him, and we got a whole bunch more on Tigers Uncaged. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning. Advising. Getting our boots dirty. Helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked... It still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! 
Welcome back to the podcast. Jesse and Lance, it is Tigers Uncaged. Shout out to our friend South Country Co-op for being a part of this. And uh, one of the cool things when we pitched this idea is that we wanted the opportunity to talk to you know some of the Tigers that are on the team right now, kind of get a better look at them, get to know them a little better. But it was also to go back in the history books and talk to some of the past Tiger players as well. Yeah, and I can say without a doubt one of our uh, favorite Tigers. 100%. Not just on the ice, but just off the ice. Such a good dude. And uh, thrilled that we were able to get him on and line it up. It's uh, former Tigers captain James Hamlin. Let's go. What's going on, Jimmy? How are you, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks uh, Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for that nice introduction. <laughs> I what? really appreciate it. I mean, you were a fan favorite. You you spent a lot of time with the Tigers. You had 283 points in 323 games. You were a part, I think, one of the best, some of the best Tiger teams yeah. that we have had. What was your time in Medicine Hat like? Oh, there's, there's so many good memories. It's it's hard to even really pick like one out because there's just so many, uh, so many times that I can kind of flash back to and, and kind of say, "Wow, I'm happy to be a part of that." Um, and it's almost too bad you talk about some of those good teams, um, especially kind of that last that last year before COVID. Kind of seemed like that was a team that could have done something or gone on a pretty good run. So um, that's a little heartbreaking, but uh, yeah, no. Um, so many good memories of being a Tiger. That last season was wild. I think you were, you were over 90 points personally in that year, and I'm pretty sure the team had won. I remember the last game that we, we saw was uh, home ice. The Red Deer Rebels were in town. You guys won. I think it was an overtime or a shootout or something like that, and it was like six or seven in a row. And then all of a sudden, the world kind of stopped, and no one knew how long it was going to last. And, and, we all and, thought two weeks. Well, yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. the season's over. And and now you have to start looking to to the future. How how kind of abrupt was that for, for you on a personal and professional level, Jimmy? Because it, it's your last year of the Western Hockey League, and and now you're all of a sudden looking into what what the future holds. Yeah, that was a really interesting um, time uh, for me uh, going into that. Before that was happening, I mean, uh, I'm trying to finish out with a strong with a strong year. Um, I had teams coming out to, to watch, and um, it kind of took a, an opportunity away from me, I think. I think if I went on and had a really good playoffs and our, we had a lot of team success, I mean, the team succeeds, you succeed, right? So um, I think there could have been a little bit more there for me, possibly. Um, and then going in into it, they, they told us two weeks, so you kind of, we went back, we you kind of train a little bit still, right? You don't know what's going on. Like we could be coming back in two weeks and it's pushed to three and pushed to four. Um, and you're still kind of maybe keeping in shape a little bit, right? You don't, you're just up in wonder. You have no idea what's going on. Um, and then, it, and then it, uh, they finally cancel it and it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll take a bit of a break now. Right. Uh, so we go into COVID, you, you still train a bit, whatever. And then, um, a month later, you're like, all right, I'll I'll take a break, and now it's focusing on what do I, what do I do next year? And uh, um, because I didn't kind of get that last chance at the end, it was a lot of things were up in the air, and I was lucky that uh, I still got to to sign something with the Edmonton organization, but uh, it uh, was pretty crazy times. Now I want to go back to 
that final year that you had with the Tigers? Because I've went on record on the podcast, and I, I do believe, I'm not just saying this to be the fan, but I believe that that was a team that not only could have won the WHL mm-hmm. championship, I believe could have made some noise in the CHL. Well, the look Mem- who was there, right? I yeah, mean, Kemp I, was there, Sillinger. And- I believe that was yeah. the team that was going to get us a championship. And I wonder, like in the in the locker room, it's one thing to say, you know, we got a really good team. Was the thought in the locker room that, hey, this is a team that could win it all? 100%. 100%. I think we had talks about that with the team starting at the beginning of the year and then throughout the year. Um, and I think just the feeling in the team was like we were, we had all played together for a number of years, right? Like that crew had, had kind of been there. Um, so we all were really great buddies. Like the team was super close. Um, that was probably the closest team I was probably a part of um uh, with Willie coming back to Willie was uh was tremendous um I think the the whole vibe was just we like we could actually do something here and I mean whether we actually won the Mem Cup or not who knows but uh I think just having such a great group you just wanted to go to Bali you wanted to at least try and see how far you could take that and you didn't, it was one of those seasons where you didn't want it to end. Yep. So for it to end abruptly, it was it was even worse. Even as a fan, I don't think we wanted it to end. I, I mean, no. even as fans, is people were so into the game. I don't know how many times you guys would go out there, maybe down by one, down by two, and it just seemed so easy for you guys to score goals and win games. It was, yeah, even as a fan, yeah. you just didn't want it to end. Yeah, and uh, that, that's what makes it worse. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it is what it is, and I think uh, to look back, I mean, people were in such worse conditions for us to be sitting here and complaining that we couldn't play the rest of the hockey season. I mean, our problems were a lot less than others, but it it still stinks for sure. Yeah, 100%. But, I mean, you look at that team, and, I mean, you can still have the fond memories of that season because that team was was incredible. And We talked about how, Mm -hmm. you know, Brett Kemp was there, Sillinger was in there for the first full season, then, uh, of course, with Chazowski and, and Hoppel, you played with a lot. Uh, in your time here at Medicine Hat, but there was also, you know, trades for, for Lucas Vakovsky that season, and uh, Parker Gavlis came in, Dylan Plouffe came in, oh, Elijah yeah. Brown was there. Like, yeah. like you, you had this interesting mix in that last season, Jimmy, of of leadership, of of hard work, of personality. Uh, like, I don't – you don't see teams like that come across very often, and you've been on a bunch. Yeah, no, well, we don't. Um, I mean, all those – all the names you just – mentioned like they're all great people um i remember talking before the season we were trying to figure out who's going to be a kind of a part of that leadership group um and it, it was super difficult because there were so many guys that uh that could have been in that room with us um and uh that just goes such a long way when you have so many of those kind of guys that that are leaders that are really good people um, it makes coming to the rink uh, that much easier. And when you have problems, it's just that much easier to get through. So, um, yeah, having that kind of group of guys, it's, it's tough to say goodbye to. Are there still guys from the Tigers organization or guys that you used to play with uh, that you still keep in contact with? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I was talking to uh, to Corson the other day. Um, obviously, they're, they're on a bit of a skid right now. So he was, uh, he was asking about a few things. But, uh, yeah. Totally. That's good. And that's not surprising when you, I was lucky enough that we were doing the, the behind the stripes at the time. And you kind of got glimpses into these different guys and, and their lives and, and just how close the team was. It was, uh, it, w- it was quite the group to, to say the least. Uh, Jimmy, personally for you, your, your career up to this point, and even in major junior 
has been probably one of the more hard, hard fought journeys, both personally and, and professionally that I think uh, anyone's had. I mean, you, you look on the ice, for example, and, and what was it? The, the 2018, 19 year, it was in playoffs where I think you had that injury on, on your arm and, and yeah. that kind of slowed down things potentially uh, heading into the following season. And, and then you, you also end up in, in Toronto and, and have the injury there during their rookie camp. Like, like there's been all these steps along the way and, and you've really had to grind out uh, where you're at now with the Bakersfield Condors, like you mentioned earlier, the, the Oilers organization, the AHL affiliate. Um, do, do you ever get the chance to, to sit back and, and just kind of look at things for a second and say, like, you're damn proud of where you've worked to already with, with obviously more to come? Yeah, I, I'm definitely proud of, of what I've done so far. It's like you said, I feel like there's been almost one kind of major setback or major personal thing in my life that's been that's been tough uh, every year that I've kind of had to, to battle through. Um, I think there was a stretch there uh, uh, with losing my mom, uh, hurting my wrist. Uh, I had a couple. Uh, obviously, there's the, uh, the Humboldt crash. Uh, losing a couple of buddies there, it was it was not uh, an easy time, but uh, I think I can look back and say I got through that, um, and it made uh, it made me the person I am today. And I mean, I I, I don't think uh, without those experiences, without those hardships, that uh, I even get you know more of an opportunity in pro. So um, I can kind of be thankful for them, I guess. Um, and uh, be happy that that adversity kind of shaped me. Now, you, you grew up in Edmonton, and I, I know that uh, you've had some of your best games as a Tiger when you're in Edmonton. I remember that that, that playoff series that <laughs> we had against the Oil Kings. You really shined in there, and you loved being in your hometown and playing. What's it like being signed? I mean, a, a kid from Edmonton, you're a part of the Oilers organization. That has to be really, really cool. Yeah, yeah you have no idea. It's... Uh... It's super cool. It's yeah, I'm pinching myself all the time. Um, I I was very fortunate. I had the opportunity this summer to uh, to train with the Oilers in Rogers, um, which was which was unbelievable. Um, I mean the facilities there and everything. It's you guys know it's uh, some of the best in the world probably. Um, but uh, just to be able to go to that rink every day, um, kind of put the Oilers stuff on, go on the ice, and then coming more towards camp, getting to meet all the guys that uh, you, you've been watching for forever, right? And, and almost idolizing. Uh, it, it was crazy. Um, and then uh, to, to get to actually put the jersey on eventually there too in preseason, uh, I, I think I was I was sitting there just pinching myself, thinking like, this is crazy. So uh, I'm very fortunate that I had uh, the opportunity to, to sign with Edmonton. It's a preseason goal, but a preseason goal nonetheless. It's a, it's a goal yep. in, in the NHL. Yep. Um, when yeah. you buried one against the Calgary Flames, I, I wasn't able to watch. <laughs> I, I No joke, I'm sitting at dinner, and I, I got an alert on my phone that, that said the Oilers had scored. So I go into there, and it's James Hamlin. I lost my mind. I was like, there's <laughs> no way. So I go back, you pull up the tape, and sure as hell, there's – there's Jimmy burying one against the Flames in like a, a little mini Battle of Alberta in the Dome. Um, uh, that's got to be wild, isn't it? It's so wild. I mean, like you said, mini Battle of Alberta in the Dome. Um, and I, I appreciate you, you falling around and being so excited. Uh, I got so many 
so many texts after with, with people being like, that's crazy and all that kind of stuff. So and I think it was really special too. My dad uh, made the trip down and got to be in the building for it. So I, I, I really love that. That was, that was a really cool that's moment awesome. with him. Now, even with a preseason goal, did they let you keep the puck for something like that? <laughs> no, I don't. They didn't oh. give me the puck for that one. Those bastards! Fair, yeah. You one. deserve the puck on that one, You'll buddy. One. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, it was it was cool. I'll give it that. But uh, the the cool part would be to to do it in the real NHL game. So yeah, yeah, it's it's one step, right? Yeah. It's one step. But I mean, like you're carving yeah. out a, a a nice role with the Bakersfield Condors. I mean. You're into 13 games this season. You're, you're, I mean, the top 10 on your team in scoring. I mean, five points in 13 games. But you're getting in there and you're playing with some different guys. And I think, is it fair to say this second year with Bakersfield has been a lot more comfortable than year one, considering you came over from Sweden or came back from Sweden and kind of everything that went on there? Yeah, for sure. It's, you're a lot more comfortable. I mean, you know all the guys now, right? You're coming into an organization that you know. Um, Whereas last year, I mean, he didn't know anyone. Like, and you, you just come in. There's there's not much of a camp to even get to know these guys. Um, it's just basically straight into to playing and and trying to carve out a role for yourself, right? Whereas now, coming in this season, I I kind of knew I like my role coming in a little bit more than I had last year. So it was easy to just kind of step into it, yeah, and uh, and go from there, right? Which makes sense, and you also got into some playoff games last year in Bakersfield, which which helps and gets things a little bit more cemented. Mm-hmm. Um, last question for you, Jimmy. I'll I'll never forget. You're the most methodical person I think I've ever met. Uh, for those who who don't know, James and I did a gingerbread house building challenge. Oh and, yes, and he <laughs> YouTubed how to build the proper gingerbread house the night before. Um, I, has anyone else in in Bakersfield or in the Oilers organization have they picked up on just how methodical James Hamlin is yet, or or is it still a, a bit of a deception on your part? Uh, I'm I'm sure they have. Um, I mean, when it comes to gingerbread housing, it's all about uh, preparation. Uh, <laughs> hey, and don't even okay. also also execution, though, right? Yeah. I mean, you can prep all you want, but you got to execute in the moment. So, um, no, to be honest. Uh, coming up to this level you like you need to you need to be able to find a role for yourself you need to be able to prepare every day and be as consistent as you can so um you have to take that gingerbread house uh, preparation seriously every day yeah it suits you perfectly honest <laughs> to god i've never seen him i've never seen a guy and, and it sounds like it's just joking around but i'm serious i've never seen a guy prepare as hard as you do every single day so it makes sense why you're finding success uh, in the a man it's incredible yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's, it's uh, like I said, it's a battle every day. It's having to be consistent with it. So, well, we are so damn proud of you. You were a hell of a captain when you were part of the uh, Tigers organization. A guy who I don't believe got a, a fair goodbye. Uh, and uh, I really hope that one of these days, when you have some free time, you make your way back to Co-op Place, oh, yeah. as it's called yeah, now. Co-op Place. Now. And yeah. uh, I hope that the Tiger fans can give you that that warm welcome, that warm goodbye that you deserve, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I think that would be awesome. Uh, I hope I do get that free time to be able to come down. I, I miss the hat like crazy, so it would be, it'd be amazing. And the hat misses you, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time out, buddy. Yes, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate you guys thinking of me. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. 
If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. This is Extreme touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. The talk of Tigertown. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Well, welcome back to the podcast. As always, we are thrilled to have the interim play-by-play guy, Mr. Scott Roblin, joining us. And on his Twitter, he quoted Luke Combs, when it rains, it pours. This team <laughs> losing 10 straight games. Scott, uh, we're coming off the Regina game right now. And usually before a home game, I'll get the boys out and, and ready to go. I have never seen such a team so focused, so ready. They went even before I gave them the cue to hit the ice. They were so determined to win. It just, it, it, another rough start for the Tigers. Yeah, I think the word most people would use around the team right now is frustration. Uh, quite honestly, this team has had their opportunities, has had their chances, has been in games. They, you know, uh, for much of the game over last weekend, kept the top-ranked team in the CHL to only a one nothing lead. And even against the Regina Pats, uh, I thought for points in time, they played them quite well. They scored the opening goal against Regina. They cut it into the deficit 3-2 to two mid in the third p- period. But this team just, I'm, I'm seeing them being gripping their sticks a bit too tight, like Joey Frazier said. Uh, the, the mental side of the game is really showing on the ice right now. This is a team that's frustrated, is quite honestly, I think, a, a bit afraid to, to you know, lose a lead or, or have a team um, absolutely explode for goals, kind of like what Regina did over the last five minutes of, of, of Tuesday night's game. Um, it was a 3-2 game, and then all of a sudden it became 6-2. Mm-hmm. And that happened very, very quickly. Cole Carrier scoring a natural hat-trick in less than four minutes. Wow. Um, it, it's absolutely crazy. And this is this is a team that's in it right now. Uh, they, they're, they are going through it. They uh, th- This is... When coaches talk about adversity that you have to get through, this is probably the most these players are going to experience this season, I think, for the Tigers. Going through this, just trying to find some way. Usually, when you play 10 games, especially for as close as a lot of the games have been for the Medicine Hat Tigers, just a lucky bounce, you fluke out, you win one of those games. Even if it's a lucky bounce, even if you uh, have a 40-plus safe performance from your goaltender, you only put 17 shots on net, but you end up winning the game somehow. The Tigers haven't gotten that, and... Mm. It is getting to the point for for Medicine Hat. We are approaching historic territory. It is the uh, longest losing streak for the team in 20 years. There were no players on this Tigers roster who were alive the last time they lost 10 games in a row. Um, This is a a pretty tough spot the Tigers are in right now, and uh, I think it all goes back to the mental side of the game and uh, just trying to not let the streak overwhelm things, even though it is, you know, the, the biggest thing that the Tigers are going through. You had three of your next five games against the Brandon Wheat Kings. Uh, you also get the Winnipeg Ice and the Edmonton Oil Kings. So 
So at what point this team lacks pushback? It's quite obvious. Uh, I mean, they, they're able to score the first goal against Regina Pats, and then unfortunately you give one up within the same minute, and it really it completely negates the opening goal, and, and you get, once again give up a goal within the first five minutes of a game. But you, but you see it all the time with this team, and I don't know what it is, if it's just inexperience, if it's, if it's a lack of belief. Obviously, the 10-game losing streak is going to pile into this, but, but there's no pushback from this club. When it comes to, to being any kind of offensive generating team, that there's there's no response. Well, and I think the the youth of the team is kind of playing into that right now. Mm-hmm. Is there there aren't many veterans on the team? Look, there aren't very many players in the league who have gone through a ten game losing skid. Mm-hmm. But there there aren't as many veterans this year who can say to the young guys, "This is how you deal with a lengthy losing streak in the WHL." And it is different in the WHL compared to minor hockey. I I look at this team. I looked at the game on Tuesday night against the Regina Pats. The Tigers get within one goal, are starting to build momentum, then they take a penalty, and the moment Cole Carrier scored his first of three goals, that was curtains. Mm -hmm. Because you could see the team just deflate. And that allowed Carrier, like, less than two minutes later to pick the puck up on the wing, not really challenge much, and and score a pretty pretty nice goal on the wing. Um, And and that just dug the hole even deeper for the Tigers. And uh, momentum is, you know... It can be a cliche and it can get, you know, it, it, it can be talked about bigger than it actually is sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I really do think for the Tigers, they are struggling with momentum right now. They are getting into rhythms where they are putting pucks on nets, getting offensive generation. I thought that was going to be the case last night when Lucas Fakovsky opened the scoring less than three minutes in, uh, breaking nine straight games of allowing the first goal. And then, like you said, Lance, 50 seconds later, the puck is in the back of their net, the other end of the ice. And they have not been able to generate any sort of momentum. And I think they are cognizant of that Mm -hmm. when they look at that and say, what do we have to do? Mm -hmm. We're we're starting to get offensive confidence and and being able to generate traffic in front of the nets. I mean, Lucas's goal was just a hard-nosed play being at the right spot. And then... You also have a period like the second last night where you're just throwing what you can on net and Matthew Keeper's coming up big. Mm -hmm. And you start saying, okay, well, again, what do we have to do here? Mm -hmm. Like, And so that, I think, has been something that the Tigers have struggled to overcome at this point in when things are going their way, they can get bogged down by it. And I think that turns quickly when you can allow a bunch of goals in a row like we saw last night. Look, the Tigers, for the entire game, they would score a goal and then allow three straight. And then they scored a goal and allowed three straight. It, it is trying to build that momentum, and I think a lot of it, too, is the team is either very focused at one time on offense or very focused on defense. Yeah, They'll either put everything they have into their defensive scheme and play a team like Winnipeg very, very well defensively, but their offense generation isn't there and the focus is on their own end. Or you'll have a situation uh, like Tuesday nights where they're in the attacking zone, they're getting chances, and then off the rush, they'll just allow a chance the other way. And, um, you know, I even know Garen Bjorklund, who's come up with some big performances and had some huge Huge. saves against the Regina Pats. There were a couple on Tuesday night that, you know, Garen probably would like back. Mm. So... It's a combination of the defensive miscues, which are still happening for this team, and usually it's ending up in the back of their own net. 
but we haven't seen that cliche 60-minute effort at both ends of the ice. A lot of times it's either a lot of focus on the defensive zone or in the offensive zone, and the other side gets kind of left up a bit. Mm -hmm. We started in in the beginning of the season. We talked about how you know they were a third-period team. You give them five more minutes in a game, I think they're going to tie this game. I think they're going to win this game. Now it seems, you look at the last three games, they lose in Lethbridge 7-3. That was a 3-2 game, I believe, going into the third. So it was a rough third period. You look at against Winnipeg. I believe if they don't give that first goal, could be a 0-0, maybe a one nothing game going into the third. They played very well against Winnipeg. Then against Regina, again, 3-2 game. Now you look at the score sheet, it looks 6-2. That was not the case. These guys aren't getting their ass kicked every single game. They're just, they can't put in a full effort. And the mistakes they make, the opponents they're up against are taking advantage very easily. Yeah, and that's, I think, been um, you know a big point of concern is pretty much any time, look, especially for a young team, you're going to make mistakes in a game, but mm-hmm. you have to learn when you make the mistake to adapt and try and limit whatever chance is going to come back the other way. And the Tigers really haven't been able to do that. Whenever they do make a mistake, it is a high-danger scoring chance, and more often than not, it's ending up in the back of their own net. And so... You, you have to take those mistakes as they come because they are going to happen, especially with a younger team like Medicine Hat. But I, I think a lot of times when they make that mistake, it becomes an absolute fire drill, uh, quite honestly. They'll turn over the puck, and then everybody is scrambling. Um, we saw on uh, Regina's first goal on Tuesday nights just a defensive breakdown, and that allowed Tom Cadu to skate in. He had a number of chances, point point blank, just walking in from the point. And Logan Nyhoff, no one was covering him. He yeah. was all alone in front of the net, and that allowed him to tip that goal that halted Medicine Hat's momentum. So it, it's about guys just knowing assignments and trying to stay man-to-man with their players because they are losing players quite a bit, and guys are getting open that normally wouldn't in any other situation. And, you know, it's, it's not like the... The opposition's getting open because they're they're doing anything clever or creative. Tom Cadu was just standing on the point <laughs> and was left alone. Logan Nyhoff's in front of the net. You'd think someone's there, right? And and there's going to be those those situations, and obviously we're seeing a lot of those, and it gets magnified when you're on a 10-game losing streak, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Scott, I want to ask you what the Swift Current Broncos, the Moose Jaw Warriors, the Calgary Hitmen, and uh, the Winnipeg Ice and the Regina Pats all have in common outside of being in the same conference as the Tigers. Because those are all completely different players, and the Tigers against each one of those teams in this losing streak have scored two goals. Yep. It, it doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Because the run support hasn't been there, right? At and, all. and it's we we discussed it a little bit. It's playing up to the better opponents and playing down to the worse ones. But the Tigers are getting matched with a similar effort on the other side every single night, and you got to credit the teams that they're playing. Uh, they're, they're playing the Tigers tough, but for the Tabbies to to go in and no matter who they're playing, scoring two goals a night, like it's just not enough. You just got to score three. And well, you win the game. No, they score. If you're three, the opponent, lose. if you're yeah, the opponent, yeah, yeah. you're looking at it where we just need three goals. And I think yeah. we got this. Pretty much. Yeah. And for Medicine Hat, that's you know something that for their last victory coming all the way back on October 22nd, that was a six goal performance against Prince Albert, and it finally seemed like the Tigers had some scoring issues at the beginning of the season. They get an overtime win against the Swift Current Broncos and finally break through with a big six goal performance. And over the last week. The Tigers have allowed uh, a six spot against the Regina Pats, a seven spot against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. This team has not been able to have one of those six, seven goal nights since that last win on October 22nd at home against the Raiders. And 
it's just tough because you look at this team and you say they do have the if everybody's healthy, everybody in the lineup, they do have the potential to have a night like that where you know a guy like Orenstrom or a player like Oasis Weisblatt scores a hat trick or something like that. They haven't had that, mm-hmm. and I think that is another sense of frustration for this team because you look at other teams getting strong offensive performances, just nights where everything starts to click, and Medicine Hat hasn't been able to do that, and I think. It's one of those situations where you're expecting someone to break through, someone to take over a game, and that hasn't really been the case. You know, I do look at Tuesday night's game, Andrew Basha playing his first career WHL game. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was spectacular. One of the best debuts I've seen in many years Mm -hmm. for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, Didn't find the score sheet, but uh, was just so involved. But that's got to be a point of concern if you're the Tigers and a 16-year-old call-up is your best player on the ice, making the most of the puck, the most energy, the most chances. So this team, you know what, they they are facing some tough opponents. Like you said, Lance, they do play up to some of the tougher teams in the league. Mm-hmm. They have a win against Red Deer. They have a win against Edmonton. Um, they played the Winnipeg Ice very well. So when when the pressure rises, they have been able to meet that. It's just getting over that hump and being able to find that, that goal and not getting as frustrated on the ice. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of scoring, you look at a guy, a lot of pressure on Svekoski to score goals, and Hopwell as well, which Hopwell was not in the lineup Tuesday against Regina. What is the latest on uh, Hopwell? Corson Hopwell, yeah, on Saturday night against the Winnipeg Ice in the second period, took a hit in the offensive zone, left the ice, and did not return against Winnipeg. On Tuesday night here, he was scratched, not in the lineup. Um, we found out today uh, with the WHL Weekly report that he is listed week to week with an mm. upper body injury. So we're not expecting to see Corson Hopwell on this road trip uh, matching up against Brandon and Winnipeg. Um, and we'll see. We'll see how long he'll be out. It does present an opportunity for someone to rise to the occasion on that left wing spot on the top line. Um it is an opportunity for a young team, a young team that has um, mixed up their lines quite a bit over the start of the season, especially their second and fourth lines. And uh, this is a new opportunity for maybe a bit of a change, some more chemistry. You're hitting the roads. Um, it's it's a multi-night road trip. So it, it, this is a chance to possibly reset for the Tigers, which Someone's I think they need. Someone's got to step up. Yes. Someone's got to take Hopwell's spot. And be that guy. Well, and also, Oren Strom did not play on Tuesday nights. Uh, he's listed day-to-day with an upper body injury. So there's a chance he might play uh, on Friday night in Brandon. And we'll see what will happen as well on Saturday in Winnipeg. Um, but that's a guy who has the offensive capabilities and potential to really break through and play top top six minutes, mm-hmm. top line minutes. Um, Firster, man. I'm loving Firster as of late. He's been excellent. He's been very, very solid in front of the net. He's finally becoming the power forward that he was billed as. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's crashing the net, picking up rebounds. Uh, he scored on Tuesday night. He's been one of the more consistent members of the Tigers for sure. Uh, last question I have for you, Scott. It's It might be impossible to answer right now. Did the Tigers have a bit of an identity crisis? Because it feels like some games you see them and they're uh, playing a certain way where, where it's just the cliche pucks in deep and go hit somebody and that looks effective. But then even period to period, it changes to now we're going to carry the puck over into the offensive zone and, and we're going to try to be more of a possession team that way instead of uh, a more dump and chase type team, for example. Are they just maybe missing what it is that they want to be doing? I think it's more so when you're on a 10 game losing skid, you're trying whatever you can Mm -hmm. and changing things up. So that's maybe why we haven't seen a lot of consistency 
in the way that they're attacking or the way that they're defending, the way that they're moving the puck on the power play. Um, one aspect that obviously we've still seen a lot of is the drop pass to Svekovsky on the power play attacking across the blue line. Um, you know, it seems like teams are, are starting to combat that a little bit more as the season's gone along and reading that that's the main way the Tigers attack on the power play. But in terms of identity crisis, I'm not exactly sure if it's an identity crisis. I think it's more so this team knows that they're struggling mm -hmm. and even period by period are saying, okay, let's throw this one out. Let's try something new. And we're, we've been seeing that over 10 games, just trying to find something that has been able to work, but uh, hasn't been able to get to that mm -hmm. at that point. One last one for both of you before we wrap this up. You both got to see Connor Bedard live in person. One game. Lance, let's start with you. Is Connor Bedard worth the hype that the kid is getting? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough to assess when, when his, you look at his age and, and he's playing – he almost – it looked like, Scott, that on Tuesday he had to, like, slow down to, yeah, to have his line keep up with him, truthfully, because he was moving at a, at a different pace. He doesn't have, like, a Connor McLennan to Matt Savoy type deal in Winnipeg where, where they're both super fast. But, I mean, yeah, his goal when he picks up a, a pass from the Pats bench at his eyes – and within three steps, knocks the puck down, corrals it, and is able to beat Brooklyn on a good shot. I mean, those are the kinds of things that he can do, just the way he kind of sees the ice and can distribute. Uh, yeah, he, he's definitely something different. And uh, as the Pats go along, and I think you'll agree, Scott, as they get so, some more experience in line mates that maybe fit him a little bit better or even can, can play his speed, uh, you'll, you'll notice it's a completely different player than, than what we're used to seeing. Connor Bedard's good at hockey, you guys. Very good. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> He's not bad. Uh, there were a bunch of plays. I mean, you, you mentioned the goal that he scored was a phenomenal play, um, just a real heads up, uh, not only to knock the puck down, but not to do it with a high stick mm -hmm. and, and limit the, the attack. There were a lot of moments last night where he would pick up the puck off the wall and he'd start to deke his way into the attacking zone and you'd be wondering, okay, is this the goal that's going to be ending up number one on WHL plays? Yeah. He has that ability to score a highlight real goal at any point in time. And that's not saying he's going to, and that's not saying he's not going to turn the puck over and get muscled off pucks, which we did see last night. But anytime the puck is on his stick, he has the potential to score a goal that's going to bring fans to their feet, whether that's in opposing barns yeah. or or at the Brand Center. So he's a, he's a special player. Again, only one game seeing him. Uh, here in Medicine Hat, but um, I think the, the hype is warranted. That dude's a rock star, even behind the scenes. I mean, there's a reason why he was late in the three stars. It's because people behind the scenes are trying to get autographs. Yeah, The dude is a rock yeah. star wherever he goes. He almost has his own entourage, making sure no one messes with him as he's going back to the dressing room. Well, and a big thing as well, talking to the, the broadcast team with Regina, he's, he's handled the pressure and everything that's come with being uh, a generational talent I in bet. the Western Hockey League very, very well for, for a 16-year-old. I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. the He's just old enough to get his license, and yeah. he's already being billed as an NHL first overall pick. It's it's pretty remarkable. And I believe he will be. And it's, you know what? It's kind of a shame to the Tiger fans that only over 2,200 people went to co-op place to watch that kid play. Regardless if the Tigers are on a losing streak or not, that was a fun game to watch. March mm -hmm. 15th, I believe he's back. It's a Tuesday again. Highly recommend Tiger fans. Another Tuesday. Eh? Yeah, another oh, Tuesday. Right. <laughs> well, and I don't think this one's on CBC Gem. Oh, so there's no excuse the Tiger fans can't come watch this kid play. But, uh, Scott, as always, we appreciate talking to you. A big road trip. Tigers taking on Brandon Wheat Kings and the Winnipeg Ice this weekend. Both games on Chat 94.5. More Tigers uncaged in seconds. That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op. <laughs> 
For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged. Fast and fearless, baby. Here we go. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks for listening to the uh, podcast. A very good episode. I love talking to Scott Roblin, dissecting all what's going on there, catching up with Jimmy Hamlin. Uh, just an all-around good guy. Yeah, and James always has had time for us. We, re- we really appreciate it. He's always been so kind to us when he was here. I mean, like like we kind of mentioned, he would let us go do like gingerbread house making or or just have a conversation in the hallways with you. He was always easy so, to talk to, so easy to talk yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, and just uh, a guy who uh, he's missed around here, and I really hope he gets the the farewell that mm-hmm. he deserves. Because you know, usually during the season, your overagers are the last, they're the three stars. Yeah, right in the last home game of the season, and uh, Jimmy never got that. And I, and I believe Jimmy was a true staple of this team mm-hmm. when he was here. Made mm-hmm. a huge impact. And he deserves he deserves a good farewell, and I hope he gets it. Yeah, he'll be one of my most well-remembered Tigers yeah. and like highly regarded. 100%. And, and, and knowing him, there will be a time that he comes back to Medicine Hat and, and stops in at some point, and uh, hopefully sooner than later. But I'm sure the reception will be really nice nonetheless. And uh, Yeah, getting to have a good conversation with Scott uh, this week and, and maybe trying to get closer to some answers around this team. I think it's... I think it's valid to to have questions, right? I mean, when you're when you're in a ten game losing streak, no matter how the ten games come, uh, questions are are reasonable, right? Yeah. So, well, I think in our minds, we're all playing the fantasy GM right now of what to do. Any spots yeah. need to be different. Any lines need to be picked apart. But that's not our job. Um, okay, well, we get set for a big weekend. Yeah. And I say big. We are in uh, Brandon Friday night, taking on the Wheat Kings. And then we got the Winnipeg Ice, uh, an undefeated Winnipeg Ice at home, by the way. Right. They did lose to Edmonton in Edmonton, but they have been perfect at home. Yeah, it's not an easy place to go, and it's not an easy trip to begin with when you head out into Manitoba. At least now with Winnipeg out there, you get two games instead of just the one stop in Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a tough road trip, but it might be one the team needs. Might be. So, as uh, as we like to do, we like to end the show with uh, our little predictions. Mm. Is this going to be a 12-game losing streak, or can the Tigers somehow win one of the games on the road? I mean, it's it's becoming difficult to bet against history, mm-hmm. and so for those who say it'll extend to 12, I understand it. Uh, I, I think you, you'll see solid efforts both nights, and it's I, I think it's good that they, they have the Winnipeg Ice on the second of the back-to-back simply because the Tigers seem to elevate their play against those top-end teams and are able to hang with them. So I, I don't know that they win if they're going to. I think it's going to come against Brandon. I just don't know if they uh, are able to to kind of fend off Winnipeg, especially when, when Winnipeg is going to get last change and the benefits of playing at home. 
but uh, but the the game against Brandon's possible. It's just like you, you look at the schedule. It, it's not easy. Your next five games, three of them are against Brandon. You got one against Edmonton, and of course Winnipeg, like you mentioned Saturday. So uh, you got to find a win somewhere, right? I, I think they do it Friday night in Brandon. I, I think they get the monkey off their shoulders. I think that they're, they're not going to be a co-op place being judged by their own fans. Right. They're going into Brandon. And this 10-game losing streak, there's only maybe one or two games that I believe they should have lost. I think, listen, Brandon's only, what are they, 8-10? Uh, and 10? Right. And they're 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. They also just recently put the boots to the Swift Current Broncos. Okay, well, maybe they look at us lightly. Yeah, that's the weird thing, and like we had, we didn't really get into that too much. We talked about it a little bit with Scott, but like every team, and, and credit the Tigers for this. Every team's been prepping hard yep. for the Tigers and yep. playing them tough. Yeah, I think that we could. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: the 10 game winning streak ends losing Friday streak? night in Brandon. 10 game losing streak. Yeah, the losing streak. Yeah, it, it ends Friday in Brandon. I hope so. Then we go on a one-game losing streak in Winnipeg, unfortunately. And I, 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 and I look at that as a win for the Tigers. If you can go one-on-one in this road trip, one-on-one, yeah. I believe that's a W. Yeah, if you're able to get one of the two yep. in that trip to, to Manitoba, that would be uh, hugely, hugely important because, I mean, Winnipeg in the top five of the CHL's top ten standings, as is the Edmonton Oil Kings, and those are two of the three next opponents. So uh, wins aren't easy to come by, but... We'll see. We'll see how the weekend looks. It's it's reasonable for people to be skeptical, but uh, you have to think at some point they're going to turn this around because they feel to. close. They, they 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 felt close during this entire ten game stretch. And if they beat Winnipeg at home, you're oh never going to hear the end of it because <laughs> oh we will boast about it for months. Imagine what this would, that would do for this team if they beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg. It'd be huge. Yeah, it would be huge, and it would be everything. like a two one overtime game. That would Winnipeg. that would that could change everything if they beat yeah. Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Well, we'll find out next week. As always, we appreciate you downloading, listening to the podcast. If you want to listen to the games this weekend, make sure you check out chat945.com or listen to chat945. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season. Oh, oh, oh.